0: So this is a cool episode. Um, thank you so much for coming in today. Obviously, in the industry, there's a lot of myths, a lot of misconceptions, isn't there, for, for everyone, but in particular for women when it comes to training, um, many of which I probably take for granted. As obviously, I just don't see things through that same lens. So yeah, I'm really, really excited yeah. for this chat. So thank you so much for coming in today to, to chat with me about this.
1: No, thank you very much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this, actually. I'm really looking forward to getting into the chat about it
0: all. Oh, great, amazing. So yeah, I think, Danielle, just start by telling us a little bit about yourself, really, and your experience um, and your coaching journey. Give give people the backstory yeah. if that's okay.
1: Yeah, of course. So I've been a PT for five, six years now, complete career change when I was around 30. Um, used to work in marketing, business marketing, branding, um, kind of did that as best I could. And it just turned out that my interest has always been in training, qualified, Thought worst case scenario, I'll be able to train myself better, but I actually fell in love with it. Sounds a bit cliche, but that's what happened oh cool um so yeah I was very fortunate I took a big big risk and it paid off very well for me so that's kind of a complete gear change for me in terms of career and sort of where I was going and then sort of been training ever since then to be honest um the women's health stuff kind of came in off the back of my own health concerns and health issues that I had and researching around for my own benefit through all sorts of different pathways and referrals and very long arduous processes that there just wasn't really the information or like this ability to kind of connect the dots between what was sort of health and well-being overall and the effects of a menstrual cycle and the effects of Mm. what overtraining or even most actually in part is under recovering fueling your body correctly and those sorts of things as well so it took a lot of time to me to kind of figure out what was going on with my body and why and that's what the driver was kind of between me not just being a trainer but actually the pairing between health and well-being and almost like this holistic view of everything outside of it. It's not just the hour that you, two hours that you yeah. spend in the gym. It's everything else around it, stress management, sleep, looking at your cycle, keeping an eye on it, see what is going on, are there patterns, is there changes? Because it's such a key indicator of health, particularly for women, whether it's regular or not, to just have that information. Information is really powerful. So to just have that and have an awareness. And then it was just more through talking with clients and they were asking me conversations and I'm very fortunate I've had clients for years now so it's like a friendship and it's real Mm -hmm. true relationships I value very highly so it's quite open and honest conversation and that's how I treat my clients and if they ask me something I'm very honest and open in return so it was the more I was speaking about my issues and concerns the more and more this was sort of coming up from everybody else as well and just realising how prevalent these things were and... It just isn't or wasn't really being spoken about at all. So it was then for me to sort of research this and, like, for endometriosis, for example, or PCOS or adenomyosis might be another one. And someone's got cysts, or then it'll fall down to sort of the carryover of things like egg freezing, or if someone's got fertility issues. And it, it all just ties in back to the menstrual cycle and our health as women how fundamentally important it is to just even have an understanding of what the menstrual cycle is, what a change might be and what that can lead to and how the benefits of having an active lifestyle and that's just not going to the gym and checking a box but how's your sleep, how's your stress management, are you fueling correctly, are you hydrated and everything else in and around it as well and that's the main driver of how I train my clients, how I work with my clients and it's always sort of fundamental and very very central to the way that we we work together as client and coach so it's a really important part of it
0: yeah it's so key just um get that like a little bit closer I think that's right thank you um yeah I, th- I think it's 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 hard isn't it because so many people think they're automatically doing something that's positive for their health if they train more eat less yeah. they're they're more rigid with their meal plan they're like, oh, I'm on it and unfortunately whilst for guys that Still can be, cause some negatives, yeah. but typically results in positives at least for body composition. Yeah. In females, often it goes the other way, which is obviously incredibly unfortunate because you feel like you're doing everything right. So, yeah, such such an important topic.
1: It really is, and we, we like kind of the generational thing is like this leftover diet culture of don't eat because you want to be skinny, but then there's this other driver of this real train as much as you can, do as much as you can. But yeah, there are the anomalies, and there are these, are these women that can do that and they can maintain that but for the most part it's being smart and training smart but not always training the most not always training the hardest Mm -hmm. but actually giving your body and yourself a little bit of time to just sort of understand when to pull back when to push and that's just not in line with the cycle but just generally through life as well and understanding sort of where your balance is and that would be like lining 10 different women up everybody's going to be completely different. They could have exactly the same goals, but how you get there and how their bodies are going to respond to how they get there is going to be completely different. So it's comparing apples and oranges, and there's still a hell of a lot of comparison that conversations I have time and again with clients, with friends, like of, oh, well, so-and-so's doing this, and she's on this deficit, and it's not working for me, and I've tried this, and it's a real still a difficult conversation yeah. to have with some but it, it is changing and there's definitely a a shift in around women wanting to be strong wanting to be fit and healthy and well and not just skinny or not just the smallest so there's a real sort of shift and you yep. can see that in a gym as well like weights from a film with women now which is amazing to see I love to see it and they're strong they're capable they're really confident when they train and it's admirable and it's amazing to see they're like there's more of a balance now um so yeah it's definitely going in the right direction but there's still kind of work to do and I think that's where it starts with the conversations around it asking people questions and not being afraid Mm. to just have those conversations and do the research and a little bit of reading around certain things as well
0: Yeah, I love that. If you don't mind me asking, what were some of the symptoms or kind of issues that that you had that kind of led you into learning more about this area?
1: So I lost my cycle completely. um, And then I had all sorts of tests from blood tests to examinations, to ultrasounds and through endocrinologists, GPs, referrals. And there was all sorts of other symptoms as well. Significant pain, nausea, sort of severe fatigue. And I was sort of getting all of these different answers to which there was no real... Specific sort of conclusion as to what it might be and nothing was changing I was doing what I was advised and there was no change so it kind of took it into my own hands I was like right I need to kind of make sense of this because I'm not getting a coherent sort of anything from anyone and it was about two years all in that it took alongside my sort of reading and research and just trying to connect the dots myself alongside test results that weren't coming back with anything or referrals that weren't really leading to any sort of specific direction as to what I could do and it was just incredibly frustrating to sort of time and again either be told well we don't know what it is but you should be fine it's like well I'm not not fine (laughs) yeah I'm clearly not fine so it was just out of frustration as well but yeah it took probably about two years all in to sort of recalibrate if you will and sort of get it back I don't know what the one thing was but I literally just had to zoom out and just go, like, right, what's good here? What's not working? Keep the things that are working. Let's look at the things Mm -hmm. that aren't. Give it a bit of time. Do I adjust this? Do I bring my calories up? Do I reduce sort of step count and daily activity, for example? Does that need to be increased? And then I manage my diet a little bit better. And it's Mm -hmm. just a case of sort of all these, like, puzzle pieces almost, and you're just trying to shift the bits in, that then make it what you need it to be. So it's a real sort of test and learn process. but. I'm really glad to have gone through it because I genuinely understand Mm. what it is and what this frustration is when women come to me and be like, all right, I've now got PCOS or I finally got a confirmed diagnosis of endometriosis that's taken seven years, eight years, ten years. I think the average is seven Seven to eight eight years, years, which is like, it's wild to just think. (laughs) How? How does it take that long? And it, it is debilitating. Some of these conditions literally turn women's lives upside down and it's just like, come on, like you shouldn't really have to rally and battle to get just some information about your body so you can try and live a better life. So I do as best as I can to do my reading, do my research and what is suitable for this client, what is suitable for her and her body. Okay, anecdotally, her experience, she's trained for ages. She's got PCOS. This lady's brand new to training. She's got PCOS. So what are the mechanisms and the tools that are going to be appropriate for her? what are the tools and mechanisms and things and habits and behaviours that are going to be appropriate for this lady, it's similar but it's never the same and it's just having that overall awareness and like this additional layer of consideration and empathy as well as to what these women might be going through and feeling Mm. and the frustration and doing as best as I can to sort of help them, give them information and staying well in my lane but I've seen the benefits and I've like felt the benefits for myself and through clients and through friends of what it is to sort of have this more well-rounded life a healthful life that includes training it includes walking or swimming or yoga running whatever your hobbies are but it starts with sleep consistency fueling yourself correctly and just finding the patterns and the routines that work for you so it, it all sort of brings it back to that kind of central focus yep. of th- like this just general sort of taking time for yourself and figuring out where those bits and pieces are for each person individually rather than this blanket like x equals y and then you'll be fixed because it's 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 so far from yeah. that <laughs> I wish it was that simple but yeah. it's just not so
0: yeah, which of course is frustrating because people are, are trying to kind of figure this stuff out themselves. They're like, "What do I Google? Who do Who do I ask?" But I mean, yeah, let's spend yeah. a minute on that. If that's okay, because what you yeah, said there does. was was really interesting, and it's a common problem I see is obviously going to the GP, getting the specialist referrals, and obviously it's a problem if that's actually not helping. You're not getting a diagnosis. Your symptoms aren't improving. Of course, that's a problem, but. I've always seen and always felt it, it kind of doubles up as another problem which is it puts the emphasis as you said on it being like one thing yeah. and like one issue and as you said like you don't really know what that one thing was and that's probably because it might not have been one thing It exactly. is, as you said it's all of these pieces of the puzzle so I'm chatting with my female clients and they're like oh you know I've got this specialist you know a referral appointment and they're kind of talking to me about this and I'm like it makes the client think that this one issue is centered to like one thing in yeah. one specific area of the body and it has one specific diagnosis, mm-hmm. which really I've always found makes it very hard for them to understand this holistic bigger picture of yeah. how we need to address sleep, nutrition, training, stress management. Yeah. And that almost makes our job harder and ultimately makes the client's health improving a bit more difficult because yeah. they're disregarding all of this stuff over here because of kind of the way the system's set up in terms yeah. of pushing them to a specific specialist referral. And that yeah. that's just obviously a little bit of a...
1: It broken is, system it is and it's almost like this certainly in my experience experiences need to kind of pass the buck and mm. I would rather if GP just said to me I don't know I, I really don't know go away and do your research and then maybe you can find a path for yourself because at the moment I'm not either equipped I don't have the time I don't even understand what this is or I haven't had the education I would rather someone have said that to me I know they're probably not going to say mm. that but it would have saved my time And I would have known that I'm basically smacking my head against the wall trying to get an answer out of someone that doesn't know what the answer is. So I would rather someone just say, maybe go private, go to this, go and get your bloods done, see what that information then presents. And then you can go from there and kind of find a path for yourself. And then maybe come back to me and we can look at the blood work or just, just something that's actually helpful rather than just going, don't know.
0: Hey, it's Leo here. Just very quickly interrupting this podcast episode to share with you a really exciting announcement. The Nexus team are now available to take on new one-on-one online nutrition clients. So if you're interested in working with myself or anyone on the team for your nutrition, health or body composition-based goals, then follow the link in the show notes and you can see all of the information on what that might look like to work with us.
1: Maybe try this, maybe try this, but we're not entirely sure. So let's just sort of of spin the wheels for a while. Like it's incredibly frustrating, but like you say, it's kind of this oh well if we fix that then everything will be magic and everything will be fine and it's just not like on the odd occasion it may well be that there's some inherent stress factor that once that's dealt with whether it's life whether it's whatever it might be financial however stress might present the body still has the same sort of reactive response so it's going to present as that and that might be fixed and then that might be it but on the very rare occasion so it's exactly as you say it's looking at the bigger picture and actually what can we kind of adjust here? Okay, you're having five hours sleep a night and then you're working mm. a twelve to fourteen hour day and then you want to come in and train for yeah. an hour or you want to go and throw yourself through a class. There's like, no prescription pill for that unfortunately. No, so. exactly. There is not a magic pill for this stuff. So it's actually just about okay, what can we do? What do you enjoy? What makes you feel good? What makes you feel happy? What don't you enjoy? Don't go to a class that you don't like because you feel the need. To check that box. Like, if it's something you don't enjoy, obviously there are times and places that we all have to do everything. We're all adults. But there's still this inherent, well, I need to go and do that because I've not done anything. And I'm like, you've just had a 15-hour day. Like, do you feel like you're even able to do it? And they're like, no, but I should. And it's just like... uh, Yes, sometimes maybe you should, but not four, five, six days out of the week. Yeah. <laughs> like it, It's a real battle with some people to sort of try mm. and undo that and just try and get them to kind of see the wood for the trees, I suppose, in a sense. And just be like, no, actually, instead of you getting up at 6am, you would far more benefit from having an extra hour in bed, three nights, three mornings of the week, than you would dragging yourself through a class. Yeah. Like, it, and it's then sort of how you sort of frame it and I think that's our responsibility as coaches Mm. to then because everybody communicates differently and it's how they respond to that communication and how you frame it as a coach that's going to be suitable for them to receive that information that then they're going to understand where their benefits are for them so someone I could say do your sleep that's fine they'd be like yeah that makes sense I get that and someone else would be like well that makes no sense like why would I choose sleep when I could come in and burn 300 calories and it's just like okay right we've got to reframe this kind of a little Mm. bit here and then it's just a case of sort of working with the person that's in front of you understanding their experiences and where they're coming from and also their goals what do they want to do like how are they going to achieve it and you just have to be very very honest and it is quite difficult conversations but coming from a place of empathy and understanding Mm -hmm it's it's normally better received but you just have to have patience with some people because it's a real sort of ingrained yeah process thinking a way of like using exercise and it's still sometimes this left over if I'm not basically crawling out of a class and I've not done my job and yeah. it's just like
0: I'm not red zone on the my zone
1: yeah exactly they're not like fully out of it so it's there is a time and a place for that. I get that. Some That completely, there is a time and a place for that sort of thing f- for everyone for the most part. But it's just sort of trying to bring some people back down here. And then there's other people you're like, right, okay, let's get a structure in place. Let's get you to a class. Let's get you moving more. Let's get you doing this because your overarching goal is you inherently need to drop some fat. Like, it's as simple as that. For your health and well-being, mm-hmm. you need to drop some body fat. You need to decrease your body size so what can we do so it's the same conversation but completely different ends of the spectrum that you're having these conversations and it's almost negotiation with some people it's like right how about this and then we'll meet somewhere in the middle because i know you're never going to do this so i'm just going to get you down to about here and then you sort of go again in a month's time Mm. go again in two months time and then sort of they will eventually get to where they want to be and there is a switch with mindset and approach some people it takes a week, some people it takes a year, some people it takes however long in between that. So it's, it's just knowing the person in front of you and mm. communication is so fundamental as well.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I think no, that's amazing. That that reminds me of a really fun client story, actually. But yeah, before we get into that, because there's loads to unpack there, that's that's really great. And ultimately, I think if we can help people to understand that sometimes uh, more is not better, um, then I think that's a great outcome for the podcast. But yeah, before we get into that, I'd be uh, curious to know, like, just going back to kind of your own situation, I've kind of got two questions there, if that's all right. And the first one is, I'd be interested to know, kind of like, what things the doctors were saying to you in terms of like why you might have had some of these symptoms or diagnoses. What things were they recommending or getting you to try just because that might be quite relatable for people yeah, um, and also I'm interested in hearing that and then the other part of that question is knowing what you know now with kind of all of your you know health and, and female health education in particular what do you kind of think was happening in in hindsight knowing what you know now
1: mm. so mine was basically they were just like oh you must be stressed I was like right I've had like everybody I've had really stressful times in my life I wasn't feeling stressed sleep was pretty good so the basic things were being checked off for the most part, so it didn't really, the timeline didn't really correlate, and it was like, well, this sort of basic GP blood test is saying that you're fine. I think my ana- my uh, iron levels were low, so I'm borderline anemic anyway. But it was like, oh, we'll grab onto that, so it's probably because you're anemic. And it's like, well, technically I'm not anemic, I'm borderline. So it was it was like those conversations, and it was like any sort of small snippet was sort of brought up that was kind of what was lent on. And then they were like, oh, it's probably thyroid. So your borderline hypothyroid or so underactive thyroid. Um, and they were like, oh, well, we're gonna put you on thyroxine. I was like, how borderline am I? And they were like, no, no, no. You're like, just, just enough. And I was like, thyroxine's for life. So why would I take thyroxine if it's not gonna be truly beneficial for me to take it? I was like, what are the like chances here that basically it's going to actually improve anything? Well, we don't know because it's only minimal, but we'd rather just give you something basically was sort of the communication and have that. Mm. And then we can kind of check the box of you kind of being dealt with. And It's, it's not really
0: a little trial and error kind of drug, no, is it? So really. that's
1: It's not one you just want to dip into no. and then be like, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. Like it's it, not, how, yeah, not how that works. It was a really bizarre thing. And then... The conversation literally just wound round and round and then it to the point of where I was like, you know what, fine, I'll take thyroxine, fine. If this is going to help me and it's going to get me to some form of feeling well, fine. I took it, I was given one dose of, I think it was 100, then I got backed up to 200, then 250 and then I got dropped down. So it, it was like... 250 is high. Yeah, and th- it really was like this sporadic prescription but it wasn't the same doctor. Right, so it was re- even that was a disconnect, like disconnected process as well, so I've obviously got your notes and everything else like that, but then someone's like, "Well, this is too low, this needs to go up, or this is too high, this needs to go up and i I just got so fed up with it because it was so frustrating, I just took myself off of it anyway, I just stopped taking it because I was just like, well i don't it, it, there's no symptoms or signs to tell me that this is helping me. Mm. None of you are on the same page, and this is going into my body, so I'm not really comfortable with this. So I just stopped that the symptoms stayed pretty much the same. It wasn't like there was some sort of sudden drop off or a miraculous change or anything like that. So I was like, well, I'm not really any worse off for not having it and yeah. I actually feel better for not taking something that I don't didn't feel comfortable taking in the first place. So that was kind of what it was for me. And then I just really dialed in on nutrition and I looked at what I was eating, looked at sort of meal timing as well for me. So I know that's a slightly more complex step in and around that. But It wasn't necessarily affecting my training, but I would get probably two thirds of the way through a session and it would just like I'd have nothing in me. Like there was just nothing left. So it's like, right, okay, let's try and feel better around training. Let's see if that makes a difference over the next couple of weeks, over the next month. And then we'll sort of build that back in. How's sleep? Okay, working early hours for sleep can I do anything here in and around that even just to improve sleep quality I'm not going to get eight nine hours a night because my day starts at five and I finish about nine ten o'clock like it's just not feasible so where can I find the little wins which is something I do a lot with clients is just the little wins and the little bit and bits and pieces that we can do Mm. let's do them keep the stuff that's working and let's look at the stuff that's not and what is actually achievable over the short term, a little bit longer term and then sort of building that picture for a much, much sort of longer term view as well. So that was just what I did with myself and it was just a process of sort of building that back. And I didn't have a timeline. It was just a case of I need to get better and I need to feel better. So let's just do that. And hopefully that comes sooner than later, basically. So that was kind of how it all came about with me, to be honest.
0: And you think that was about kind of a two-year time period? Yeah, it was about two years, yeah. A fairly decent chunk of time.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, and it, like, mine in comparison to many women is, like, nothing, Mm. which is really sad that it's, like, the comparison is literally, like, up to a decade, if not longer, for some women. And then that sort of thing leads into, like, perimenopause, menopause, postmenopausal stages, which obviously is, is in its own lane entirely, but that can be decades for women and that's also changing and the view and the way in which women of that age are viewed as well, the way that they approach training. I've got quite a few clients of that age as well and it's incredible to see them and it's lovely to see yeah. the benefits of what it is of training and just having their routine and making time for themselves and that they've really been able to lean on it when they've needed it most. Um, so that's it's been a real privilege actually to work with yeah. that kind of demographic as women. It's really, really nice to be able to see what it can do to sort of have something that is your own, that makes you feel better, even when you're feeling your absolute worst. And that's what I learned on training with as well, very, very heavily. Like that was my thing that even on a low day, just moving my body made me feel better, even if it was not the weights I wanted to be shifting, if it wasn't a full session. Mm. But I was able to do that. That was something for me that meant a lot to me and it made me feel good. So that's why I did it. So I can understand why other people hold on to it as well
0: yeah yeah i think that's really important isn't it it's just knowing that rather than setting yourself up to fail by kind of having this big program and i've got to get all this volume in yeah. and then you sometimes feel a little bit worse for it yeah it's like actually you've just said that i feel better for doing something and just kind of honoring where your energy that's levels exact, are at
1: exactly it like i will ask all of my clients right your worst week where like we're starting from the, the very worst if you've got kids they're doing you they're driving you mad One's sick, one's at school, work's gone wild, something's happened with the family, like in your absolute worst week, what are we doing? What's training? Are you going to a yoga class? Can you get out for a walk? How many times realistically can you train in that week? What does that look like in terms of a session? And that's where we start, and that's with everybody. And then we build upon that, because once you get the very fundamental and basic routine established, you kind of want to make it so you win from early on, because the incentive then is, I'm doing this this is cool, like, this is easy, I can add another one in, or I can add another half an hour, or, yeah, I've got this, I've got, like, a 15-minute walk either end of the day outside of my however many hours at work, I can do this rather than going, right, I'm going to hit 20,000 steps a day even though I started on six, so let's just <laughs> nearly triple yeah. what I've been doing, I'm going to train five times a week and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this, it's just like, just no, just make your life easy and do something that you know you can achieve and then sort of that just incentivizes you to keep going rather than going, oh, my God, I set myself up for all of this stuff. I'm barely hanging on here and it's Wednesday and I've got another three days mm. left of the work week and then I've got two classes over the weekend that I said I would do and, oh, my God, I'm only on 9,000 steps. I've got another 11,000 to do. I'm not going to leave the office yeah, for another six stress. hours. Like it, it just feeds into that whole thing that we're trying to just sort of manage and help as best as we can so yeah that's the way that I approach it with my clients and even sometimes myself I'm like right okay be realistic here what what actually can you do because there's no point me saying yeah I want to do my four-day program realistically where are we going to get those sessions in if I've got half an hour to train I'm not getting an hour session in a half an hour so it's like right pick your battles what can you do mm. what's going to be feasible here so even for myself you have to just kind of yeah. feel it in as well a little bit sometimes
0: yeah such an important message isn't it i think in the world of you know like andy Facilis 75 hard <laughs> and everything else you see on social media which is about yeah. you know doing more and and doing it every day you know if you don't do it seven days a week or at least five days a week it it doesn't count yeah. uh, i think that is such an important message you know really for everyone but for, for women in particular when you when you do potentially have some of these conditions whether it's pcos ha endometriosis like more is typically worse <laughs> so yeah, that it, is a really important message
1: kind of the enemy for the most part of it as well but yeah like although it's definitely moving in the right direction it does seem to be getting into this point of uh well screw you you've not done your job and you've not done a half an hour session before you've not meditated you've not drank five liters of water Mm. today you've not had 35 different vegetables like yeah it's getting a little bit that way yeah but it's just a case of trying to sort of silence the noise and just Find the bits that work for you and actually just kinda stay in your own lane a little bit. Like don't set your heart set your hopes too high because it's just unrealistic for the most part.
0: Yeah. I'm laughing because I I really (laughs) noticed that the other day. I was like only the fitness industry can take parts that should be good for people like That's the recovery the, side of it yeah. like eating more vegetables like maybe doing something like your meditation but we've like tried to make that stuff so hardcore that most people in I trying to do, do that just get stressed they yeah. fail they haven't done it and it's like completely counterproductive the, ir-
1: the irony of it like people trying to force themselves to meditate and they're like i must meditate i must meditate and it's like yeah okay right fine this is supposed to be like enjoyable it's not supposed to be competitive and you're not supposed to be like beating yourself up because you've not had some broccoli today or you've yeah. not done your 20 different classes that you're supposed to do and you've not done your training session like there's a hell of a lot of pressure people put mm. on themselves and it's just like sometimes this but I haven't done that so I need to do that but it's like yeah, but d- you, you really don't and you don't want to do it yeah. either and it's not going to get you to where you want to be so yeah, yeah it's super uh,
0: important Especially if you're a client listening, I think it's really important to know that you can you can or at least should be able to have that conversation with your coach. I think a lot of the time yeah. clients are like, Oh well, you know, the coaches, you know, can't have this plan with me and explain hopefully explained why I need to be yeah, doing exactly. those things. <laughs> so therefore they're like, I have to do them. It's stressing me out, but I can't really tell them that I had a client turnaround today uh you know great girl and uh, her fasting fasting blood sugars well into the sevens blood pressure's elevated despite being like super lean young fit and healthy yeah. ha you know overtrained over overdieted over the years and i was like look if it's causing you more stress than it's worth to continue taking these markers cuz it's just kind of reminding you your health's yeah. not in a great place i was like then it's not serving us we don't we don't need to do it like thank you for telling me that we've done it for a couple of weeks at the start we know they're not amazing we know that therefore there's yeah. some stuff we need to address there we don't need to keep taking them if that's just serving us a daily reminder to you that hey like my health metrics aren't good i was like so you know thank you for telling me that let's drop these out we'll revisit this in a couple months
1: exactly and it it just is that one thing that just takes pressure off like some of my clients they want to do their weigh-ins every day some of my other clients that is their idea of hell yeah if i did it i genuinely don't think they'd stay with me either like it's just they don't want to know for one or people are so triggered by that sometimes Mm. there's such an emotional thing behind Certainly for women, I know it does happen for guys as well, but this correlation between weight and worth and if you're smaller, you're better or life is better or you're going to be seen in a certain way. And it's, I always explain to my clients, it's the context of what it is that that weight actually Mm. is. You being 75, the lady next to you being 75, me being 75 and then another 20 women along the way be completely different yeah. what that 75 might look like across all of those women couldn't be more different so it's just about sort of putting a little bit of education information around it and just going yeah that's what that is but actually this number is this 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 and this mm. it's not just that so it, it's really sort of as you say f- as us as coaches we, d- we do have to support these people and give them information and guidance and like if it's not suitable it's not suitable it's like some people with tracking calories are fine mm. other people could be the worst thing they could ever do yeah so it's just a case of knowing what works for the person that's in front of you and being able to create a space that hopefully like you say is honest communication from their side as well and when something's not right they just go "Look, i'm not actually comfortable doing this i don't want to do this like for most some of my clients for example we have to get like this baseline information because of potentially their health concerns and stuff. And for me also, I want to just know where we're starting from. So it'll always be a very honest conversation for me. Are you comfortable with doing this? Do you want me to talk through the numbers? No. Okay, some I actually put a towel over the machine because they genuinely don't want to know because it's such a loaded thing for them. Mm. But they've said they want me to have the information so they know where we're starting from, but they do not want to know for three months, four months, maybe never. And then we'll do it again. And it'll be the same conversation. Do you want to know? Do you want to talk for it? No, fine. Then I've got where we're going, but it, I don't need to share it with them because I know what we need to do to either get us going in the right direction or perhaps we have to just find another route or do something else to keep us tracking to where we want to get to. So it's it's so different for everybody. But like you said with your client, she felt comfortable enough to talk to you and mm-hmm. just be like, no, I'm, I'm not good with this. Like it, it's not, like helpful for me I don't enjoy it I don't feel great by doing this so how nice that you've been able to create that relationship mm. that she feels confident and comfortable enough with you to be able to have that conversation which I think is so important yeah super it's important for everybody to have that relationship it's, it's a really important one mm.
0: yeah no it's so so key why do you think people struggle a little bit with this you know harder is better when it comes to training doing more is better Less calories is better. Um, yeah, where, where do you think that's kind of come from it with, with women in particular? Oh,
1: I, I think it's leftover diet culture. There's still this don't eat if you want to be skinny, mm. train harder because it's going to equal calorie burn and the more calories you burn, the smaller you're going to get or the more you're going to look like this person that you're not going to look like because it's not your body. <laughs> yeah, like it, It's still this comparison thing as well and I think the prevalence of social media for all of the good that it does there is the same if not more negative and it's this snapshot into someone's life that potentially is posed potentially has filters on it Mm -hmm. if they are one of the very fortunate few people that has just got an incredible physique year-round props to them but that is 98 percent of us that do not look like that so it it's that real sort of thing and I think it's the accessibility of well I've done this Mm -hmm. and I've done all of this work but I don't look like that yet and there's almost like this delayed gratification, and a lot of people aren't patient enough. And I don't think there's a full understanding of sometimes what it takes to get to where you want to get to, and realistically what that actually takes to get there. So, for example, someone might come in and not for a very long time, but I've had it before when people will come in and they'll go, "I want to look like this," and I'm like, "Right, she well, showed random, you a photo, random person on the internet that we have absolutely no information on and no idea who they are, but fine." Okay, I can kind of understand the sort of body that you want to do. What sort of training are you into? Well, I don't like lifting weights and I don't like doing this. I don't like doing this. Right. Well, we're looking at someone that pretty much looks like they could be a CrossFit athlete. So we've kind of got a few issues here already. So it's some people are not that extreme, but it's more a case of right. If you want to get to this size, we're going to need to do a significant calorie deficit. How's your cycle? Not great okay, my recommendation is that we don't touch your diet for a while then because we need to find some sort of balance in and around that. And it, it, it's kind of that is where it comes into, like all these little pieces and nuances and actually having the open, sort of honest communication with people and being like, right, if you want to get here, this is the remit of you're not drinking, you can't really go out for dinner that much because your calories are going to be pretty tight, your training regime is going to be pretty st- in that sense you're going to have to do your cardio if you want to get here mm. and then like, I don't want to do that it's like okay right what we want to do is going to get you to here then perhaps when we're here we can revisit what it might take for us to get to there but for the most part the goals shift once they start working and training with mm. me that feeling particularly those that are either had a long gap from training or relatively new to training sometimes as well when they feel stronger they feel fitter they feel more able and capable their confidence starts to increase and it's actually like n- no actually I I would rather be able to lift more I would rather be able to run a 5k I've actually want to enter a half marathon next yeah. year and th- the goals just switch and it's such a nice thing to see don't get me wrong I train for aesthetics as well and I'm I don't believe that anybody doesn't to some degree but that switch goes from this uh, intrinsic thing and needing to move away from the body that they're in into this sort of more forward thinking, Mm -hmm. moving towards a body and a something external that they want to achieve. So whether it's, I want to be able to deadlift double body weight or whatever it might be, I want to be able to squat my body weight. And it's that shift as well is a big thing for me with clients is in, not fighting against where they're at, but let's look at where we're going to move to and move like forward in a positive way, rather than just beating yourself up for where you are. Because even a small step forward is still a st- is still a steps forward to where you want to be. So it's yeah. just a case of managing that as well. Um, but yeah, it, it for the most part it does change. Like there's still the aesthetic stuff there. Obviously, people want to look good and feel good. Like people want to look good naked. That's the whole point. But this real shift around oh, okay, didn't didn't even know I'd be able to do that. didn't even have that in my brain. And they'll be like, well, I've seen that person doing that exercise. Can I try that? Can I do that? I want to learn what the hip thrust is. I want to learn how to do a pull-up. I want to know how to do a push-up. And it it's just a cool thing to be able to suddenly see, particularly for women as well, like to see them switch and change and just have a little bit more self-belief and confidence and then just go, oh, yeah, cool, actually, like not... Not where I am, wa- where I want to be, but I'm a hell of a lot better than I was. And that it's not this, oh, my God, I hate myself so much. I hate this. I need to change my body. I need to look like this person or this person or anybody but myself. But much more this forward thinking of, a, okay, cool, I'm making progress. I'm getting there. So it's it's yeah. a real shift for some people as well, which is it's lovely to see.
0: Yeah. I think that, that there's two real p- points I want to highlight from what you say because I think they're so great, which is – sometimes that obviously less is actually more in terms of moving that that forwards, and the unfortunate reality sometimes on on timeframes because obviously everyone wants yeah. it to take weeks rather yeah. than rather than months. But and so I, I to one client I think it was kind of I mean, it's not a crazy story to like me and you when we understand this, but it, yeah. it kind of sounds like a little bit of a crazy story. And she she trains first thing every morning. She was a doctor, so long stressful days, five mornings a week. You know, why do you train five mornings a week? She was like, well, you know, it's routine. I like it. I get up. It keeps it the same every day. She's, okay cool sure you're getting up at 4 30 to do this but okay sure um you know she's got some aesthetic goals wants to lose a little bit of body fat get stronger all of that stuff right but also doesn't have a cycle so okay I so, said, well probably need to focus on on that that first i'm like we probably need to sleep a bit more and reduce your training volume she's just like i'm not prepared to do that i'm like okay well your calorie intake is quite low so you know as you said earlier it's that like compromise i was like maybe we could address that first of all we'll leave your training she was like yep yeah, great so over like four months got her up to like 2,500 calories per day so nice good amount of food yeah. she's not gained any body fat um you know energy is obviously a little bit better but she's still over training still not getting enough sleep and ovulation still not occurring okay. you know cycle's not not really coming back yeah. and it's like hey probably need to revisit the the thing over here and I was like I know you love doing it every day duh, 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 can we kind of go Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday? I was like, you know, can we give it a try? I think at this point she was probably just a little bit like, yeah, I'm feeling pretty tired from training. (laughs) Been doing it quite a while. So, So, yeah, she was like, look, let's give it a try. And I think that, you know, she never really said this, but I think it was a little bit more around having that hardcore identity Mm -hmm. as someone that wakes up at 4.30, goes to the gym and then does their day as a doctor. I think it was just as much that, if not more that, than actually enjoying training every morning. there's
1: a sense of admiration almost in it Mm. and, Not that there's anything wrong with that. I've been that person, and to some extent I still am that person. But it's like you say, it's finding that balance of where that is. And yeah, okay, that's cool. You've been up at 4.30. You've absolutely smashed your session. You've had a mad day at work. You've got an incredible job role. And then you can go out and have a great evening. Like, fair play, props to you. But is it sustainable? It's not serving you and your body. So... Yeah, on the surface, that looks great. But actually, when we just dig a little deeper, it's not that great because your body is not functioning the way that yeah. we would like it to be functioning. So something's, something's got to give here. We so pulled like, out you know, the
0: Tuesday and Thursday morning yeah. training sessions and six weeks later, she had an ovulatory cycle.
1: And how like, how cool is that? That it, it's, it doesn't always take forever in a day. Mm. For Sometimes your body just goes, yeah, great, thanks so much. Yeah, now, appreciate that. Thank you for that. Like, yeah. we're, now we're good. And now she's got Mm. that back and the advice you gave her was so important. And it's not like you suddenly said, well, that's it, you can't train. And I think it's just, again, for letting people know, women in particular, that you drop into four training days a week, the world is not going to implode and you're not going to suddenly put on 25 kilos. Mm. Like, it's that you don't need to train every day. You don't need that more is more mentality. Your body needs to recover as hard as you train there has to be that balance yeah. so it's still sort of having that conversation around yeah you don't need to do it every day to make progress and Laura diminishing returns isn't yeah. it as well like and it's just that conversation as well but how nice for you to have n- had that information and been able to finally get her to sort of get yeah. to a place where she's like yeah okay yeah fine let's try it
0: and I think that this message coming from people that sell personal training for a living should hopefully like really hit home how much we mean it because I it's like so. if more was better, great because my clients would do more sessions. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I have there's all nothing be in it. Time and again. yeah, like yes, you can train twice a day, <laughs> five days a week. Like sure, but like there's there's no benefit for us in saying that. Like it does the opposite from a job perspective. So it yeah. is really that it is you know the the truth and how it is. Yeah. But yeah, the amazing thing for this client is we've we've obviously had to detour initially right from from the other goals the aesthetic goals yeah. um but now she trains three times a week and is on 2500 calories a day so that's a really nice position what to nice, be in when it comes yeah. when it comes to creating a deficit if the goal's fat loss or if she turns around and goes do you know what? I'm not even bothered about that anymore because I've been enjoying training for more strength and performance. Because yeah. I'm actually recovering, I'm actually sleeping. Then you've got all of this flexibility with sustaining that because obviously you've just got a you know yeah. a much larger buffer of you've got calories. Way so.
1: more to be able to then use rather than someone that's probably crippling themselves on like a fifteen hundred or an eighteen hundred calorie de- like diet or deficit. Nothing's happening. Nothing's changing. Yeah, you're training six times a week. You're eating like a sparrow. Mm. Like no wonder. Like And it it doesn't make sense. And I have been in that position and it it took a long time for me to get my brain around the fact that if I eat more food, I will be better. My body will look how I want it to. Like it's a real, I understand trying to understand it. It doesn't really make sense at first, but it's just building that trust like you obviously clearly have with your client as well there she trusted you after a while albeit, but she did <laughs> yeah it took a little compromise first yeah exactly <laughs> like many do as well a lot of people we don't often go yeah that's a great idea I'll do exactly what you say there's a little yeah. bit sort of between first for the most part but enough she then trusted you enough that it was like yeah okay I'm actually gonna, I'm not comfortable doing this I don't really understand this but I'm actually going to do it because I, you are the professional mm-hmm. you are my coach so and i think we do have serious responsibility with that whether it's male or female mm. to be honest with these people and build that level of trust in when too much is too much is too much like it's as simple as that like and just have the confidence to have those conversations as well i think is inherently important mm.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I think hopefully as a concept, we've kind of nailed that. But sometimes um, less is, yeah. is more, especially from a female health standpoint. Yeah. So in terms of like some specifics, obviously I know it's going to be you know super person dependent on how you'd approach them as a person and also what their health needs. But if you have got a new female client that comes and works with you, maybe they've got a specific diagnosis, maybe they don't. Yeah. But it is a case of under fueling, um, over not recovering. What are some first action steps you would look to take with this client to kind of break that cycle and move? them in the right direction yeah
1: of course so all my consultations like we go through a pretty thorough almost questionnaire but I do it face to face anyway like I send a few questions to just get a little bit of information firsthand so I like to have a little bit of an understanding of the person I'm going to meet but I would rather have that conversation in person and engage in that information and what do I need to help her what what do I need to research what do I need to look at like what sort of person is she how does she communicate and how do they respond to what I'm suggesting? and all of those sorts of things as well which to me is way more valuable face to face and having like an honest like communication and setting the tone from the go um so basically we we'll always look at sleep always look at cycle nutrition training experience um goals have you lost weight significantly before have you had any prior injuries what's your sleep been like what's your cycle been like are you on any um, birth control do you have any conditions that I need to be aware of? Like, And it's just building this picture on that person that's in front of you, whether it's an injury that was two years ago. Do we need to be mindful of that? What, hap- what how did it happen? How did it happen? And all of that sort of thing as well, because it just feeds into everything. But the main things for me are always sleep. How many times do you train in a week? Have you had a PT before? Because their experience may be very, very different. So it's understanding if they know what working with a coach is like, if they've had that experience of working with a trainer and whether it's programming or whatever that might be, um, understanding their goals and then just a conversation, whether or not they have conditions to consider or not. Cycle is obviously really important, whether there's irregularities or not. A regular cycle is a rare thing, but it does happen. And then someone that doesn't have any health conditions is also rare, but it does happen. So then it's like, okay, cool. What do you want to do? what can I help you with here because you've come to me so what what do you feel that is missing from yours so it's also giving them responsibility Mm. and asking them questions because I can do the best program in the world if you are not able to follow it it's not going to do anything so it's having realistic expectations and right okay you want to achieve this in this time okay cool that's what it's going to take to get there this is the programme that I would suggest off of this, do like a screening, a movement screening assessment as well to see how that body is going to move mm. and just genuinely getting some more information off of that person so that I can then prescribe appropriate movement basically for them based off of that. Um, and then it, that's sort of where it all starts from. And I've got no issue with adjusting a programme or with adjusting things. If I see something in a session, I'll be like, mm, okay, that's not great. I'm not, not really sure on that movement for now, so let's regress it. Let's progress that that's more suitable wanted to learn how to do a pull up this is where we're going to start from here so it's that real sort of okay this is cool this is where we're starting from based on the information you've given me based on the things that I've seen and the information I've taken from how you move and then going from there and then it'll be like weekly check-ins how's your sleep I always have like a casual conversation with everybody like how's your sleep how's work how the kids if they're there like if one's been up since four o'clock in the morning you're not going to be feeling 110 percent. so if you've had a really stressful week at work today's probably not going to be the day that we're then going to go for your deadlift pb where are you in your cycle blah blah blah. so it's just a case of using that information Mm. to then inform even what we do on a day-to-day basis in terms of sessions but then more widely speaking across the week what do we need to pull back on maybe we need to do a slightly lighter session today maybe let's look at some skill work instead of heavy load because of where you are in your cycle or you've just not really slept for three days like it's just that and then sort of being confident enough to sort of adapt and deal with the person that's in front of you the program's there yeah. it's the framework and it's how you're going to get to where you want to get to but how you do that is incredibly messy along the way it's not linear at all so that's yeah. how I kind of work it out basically with my clients
0: yeah brilliant that's, that's fantastic something you said earlier which I really loved is obviously that kind of you're seeing maybe a little bit of a shift in terms of like more um more women kind of looking at their training more from a performance and a strength perspective and and kind of trying to progress those obviously we can't ever kind of change someone's mindset on their on their behalf um but if for anyone listening that goes yeah I I am this woman I'm still kind of training for the calorie burn Mm. I'm scared of getting bulky and I don't really have performance-based goals but I'd like to try and explore that a little bit more and move away from this because I now understand it doesn't really serve me what tips could you maybe give that woman to help with that like mindset shift and change in perspective from kind of where they are to maybe where they want to be more focused on performance and and training related goals
1: I think it's honestly looking at what it is that you want to do in terms of performance—is it strength based? Do you want to enter events? Is the training that you're doing at the moment serving to where you want to get to, and is it going to benefit you? If you want to enter a cycle event, if you want to do running, are you running? Are it, if you are, does your training support your running, or does your running fit into when your training comes? Look at the time frames and stuff as well. Be realistic. If you haven't run a marathon before, you're not going to be able to run a marathon in two months. It's very unlikely if you can. But then it's equally, what can you do now that's going to get you to start into where you want to get to as well? Not being afraid to ask questions and ask information. And the best thing you can do is either follow a programme, but even better would be to work with a trainer, even if it is just in the interim and just a short period of time. Check your movement, check your form, check your technique. Is this right? Is this programme suitable for where you are? Try and get recommendations if you're in a gym work with someone maybe a friend's had a trainer or look this is where social media can come into its own and there are benefits for it if you do your research and you find the right people yeah it can be an incredible place for information for finding coaches for that sort of thing but it's definitely the structure implement pro- like progressive overload through that program but if you're not sure get someone to help you is literally the only thing that I can suggest as best as they can you can read and research and do all of the things but if you're not continually progressing you're not really going to get to where you want to get to you might be fine but don't be afraid to just ask the questions and just even if it's a little bit of research follow a program and be realistic about what it is that you want to do and do you even want to do the work (laughs) like at the end of the day as well like because sometimes it's like in my mind, I'd love to run a marathon, but actually, do I want to be running in the dark on my own for however long? I don't know. Like, it's a nice idea in theory, and I think it's an incredible achievement. Mm-hmm. I admire people immensely that can do this, but it's something I've always sort of struggled with if mentally I'm actually in a space that I would want to do that sort of running distance yeah. and that work. The idea of a marathon, incredible. What an achievement. But getting there, is a real different approach or a different way of like being honest with yourself and actually are you going to do it and that's the same with sort of training as well but I think just in terms of more performance stuff as well recovery is fundamental it comes back to the same thing again like you don't need to suddenly decide if you're going to enter like if you want to be a triathlete fine you want to enter some casual triathlete events cool good for you it doesn't mean you then need to try, like train six, seven days a week and be doing cycle, swim, row, cycle, swim, row, cycle, swim, strength training, cycle, swim, whatever else, run. And then it's just a case of more is not always better, but it's listening to your body. When you need to rest, rest. Do you need to go and see an osteopath? Maybe you should go and have a look at those aches and pains that are presenting. Oh, your knees are sore. Maybe go and get your gait analysed. Get a good pair of shoes. Like, are you wearing the right gear? And things like that, Mm. even down to like sports bras, they're incredibly important. So it's just a case of are you helping yourself as easy, as as best as you can first? Yeah. Get all the little sort of bits and pieces in line. Fill in the gaps of where maybe you don't know. Work with a trainer if you can. Work with a coach. Get a program. Get an online program start with the basics and then build up from there but be realistic with what it is you want to achieve and sort of where you are now and where you want to get to and what that might look like that's sort of my best advice really
0: yeah amazing i love yeah. it i think that the being realistic and mm-hmm. and <laughs> looking at the the cost attached you know in, that's a great example love the idea of doing a marathon am i going to run when it's dark or do i want to do that many k's no like, well
1: yeah you see the people that are like out sort of february march time it's pitch black probably pouring with rain they're on their own they've probably been running for about four hours <laughs> yeah. it, like that april day incredible but the graph that goes in it before and it's the same with clients when they come in with like a picture and be like i want to look like this and it's like okay no context but for example that person might have been training five six seven ten years mm. they've done this they've been in the calorie surplus which you are absolutely terrified to do yeah. so it's just sort of the layers and what it goes into getting to these events or getting to these achievements or getting to that physique yeah. it's not always as simple as oh well let's just drop a 500 calorie set, uh, deficit and then you know you'll look like that in three weeks and yeah. have a really hard sort of train in three weeks and then you'll get there it's so much more than that
0: yeah I think most people aren't particularly good at kind of visualising the cost attached with no. with their goals.
1: <laughs> no. So, and
0: if you've never done it before, that's obviously understandable because yeah. you, you wouldn't know. But You
1: don't know what you don't know at the end of the day. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's really great advice. What from today have we maybe not gone into as much detail as, you, as you'd like to cover or anything kind of based on those questions that you'd like to explore a little bit more that you think women should know about?
1: I think it's, it's difficult when it comes to women's health conditions because the symptoms can be very, very similar across. hmm similar to what can present in terms of menstrual cycle as well so pms symptoms can be pain nausea cramping um significant headaches dehydration Mm. mood swings and all of this and they can be very very similar across so if you feel like something isn't right go to the doctor i know what i said earlier and the referral process is like it's not but that is the pathway unfortunately for it another thing i would suggest is people get their bloods done Get an idea of what your body's doing and get someone to look at it and explain it to you as well. Don't just go and get them done and then just don't use them. Like, Go through a private company or go to the doctors and have some information. Just have something mm-hmm. um, and look at it as a it's health and it's your body and your well-being. It's not just you wanting to be into a smaller body. It's not just you wanting to be able to do x y or z it's actually how do you feel do you feel well do you know what that is like to feel well like how are you sleeping like because i i I didn't know what it's like to feel well yeah you ask someone how they're
0: feeling they're well yeah compared to my baseline i feel fine but their baseline's been pretty crap for three years
1: borderline exhausted but yeah i'm fine it's that sort of thing as well so without going too much detail into sort of the nuances of the different conditions and things like that because There are nuances and there are differences, but it's not to blanket all of them in together. But it's start with the information. One of the most important things every woman should be doing is tracking their cycle, Mm -hmm. whether it's noting in your diary, whether you jot down a bit of paper, whether you use one of the apps. Mm -hmm. Start doing that as the absolute bare minimum. Give yourself a couple of months, see where the patterns are, if you're regular, if it's irregular, if Mm -hmm. there's no cycle. How long has that been? Do you know how long that's been? Do you still get symptoms? Because that can still occur as well. Like Just because you don't have a menstrual cycle doesn't mean that your body's not going through the stages, ovulating, these sorts of things as well. So it's just a case of get the information that you want first and start listening to your body. It's fundamental. And then if things don't feel right, if things don't look right, then go and speak to a professional and Mm. don't be afraid to ask for help in that sense as well whether that's with your training if you're not sure find a program that you think is suitable f- work with a coach do your research that would be my main kind of things around that sort yeah. of I don't know, but it's this whole picture of things and it sounds like it's, it's this massive thing that if you can improve your ha- your sleep by 15 20 minutes in a night that's an hour and a half if you give or take over a week that you've improved it over a month that's it's nearly six hours worth, mm. yeah Hours of sleep over a month, so it's it's those things, it's those small changes over time, and that little bit of consistency and sort of those building blocks that actually, over a period of time, really do add up to make quite a significant change. Yeah. And it's stepping in the right direction of what optimizing your health that solely is your health. It's not whoever body, else's body it might be. So I think that's sort of where it comes back to as well. Yeah,
0: amazing. Yeah, I love that. That's a great answer. Are you are you familiar with fertility?
1: Yeah, I have cool. sort of some familiarity with it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, just a good when you when you mentioned obviously the private the private option, just yeah, a really exactly. good option. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, that's great. Omnos is another one that's a really good and yeah. um, sort of one as well. Um, yeah, I just did one of their tests. Actually. Yeah, a company I've used as well. They're brilliant and they talk you all through it. It's very very thorough. There's information after it, and it, I found it very beneficial for myself as well. So, yeah, they, those things are out there, uh, but. It's just gathering the information at first. And, yeah, it is a little bit of work, but at the end of the day, you've got one body and it's your body. So you kind of want to feel good, do right by your body and it will look after you. So
0: I love that. Amazing. Where can people find out a little bit more about your content? Um, yeah, the kind of various resources that you might have available and working with you.
1: Yeah, of course. So my uh, just on Instagram, to be honest, is the easiest one for me. Danielle Frost underscore PT. So that's the easiest one for me to find. And I've got bits and pieces on there. Linktree and stuff is all on there. Um, so website, working with me one to one, online coaching and that sort of thing as well. I also do sort of workshops and education stuff for women, women's health. And postnatal as well, so yeah, it's all kind of on there. It's the easiest way to find me is all the information there.
0: Yeah, amazing. Is there any specific events you've got coming up that you'd like to you'd like to share?
1: Uh, not actually for the rest of this calendar year yet, but from sort of January February next year there will be, and then I'll put those bits and pieces out on website and then onto like Instagram and stuff as well as when they're coming. So yeah, yeah, some cool stuff coming up.
0: Cool. Okay. Yeah, if you remember, just send them over and we'll we'll yeah, share them there at the time. Um, for anyone interested in one-on-one, um, what one of the third spaces is, is is it that you train your clients out? So
1: of? I am at Islington, cool. but um, if people come to me, then I'm happy to sort of see where they're at as well. I can meet them at a different gym and then we can kind of go from there and see how our best I can help them. But yeah, I'm based over at Islington Club.
0: Amazing, that was amazing. Anything else that you've kind of thought of in the last few minutes that you just want to f- kind of put some final yeah. thoughts, some closing show notes on?
1: You know, I think, I think I've summarised everything. My main thing is just track your cycle. <laughs> track your cycle and 90% of people can improve their sleep. Yeah. So that's my main thing. So those two things that'll be
0: good i love yeah. that some important takeaways <laughs> cool thank you so much for coming on today thank and sharing you. that that was a really insightful episode and yeah i really appreciate you telling your story um i think that's going to be super relatable for people especially with the time frame so thank you so much for sharing that and then that, that subsequent information was was brilliant
1: amazing thank you so much for having me
0: it's been brilliant if you've enjoyed today's episode it'd be amazing if you could do us a massive favor and leave us a review and even if possible a comment The reason why this is so useful for us is it allows us to know which type of content and which guests are best going to be relevant for you and your goals so that we can continue to make the podcast even better for you in the future. Thank you so much so far for all of your support on the Women's Wellness Show.